Customer Land is a podcast about customers, how to get more of them, how to keep them, what makes them tick. We talk to the experts, the technologies, and occasionally actual people, you know, customers, to find out what they're all about. So if you're a CX pro, a loyalty marketer, a brand owner, an agency planner, if you're a CRM and personalization geek, if you're a customer service CSAT NPS nerd, you finally have a home. I'm Mike Giambattista. Welcome to Customer Land. Peter Vanderputten is director of Pega's AI Lab, and I can't think of a better person to be talking to at this moment in time about the crush of opinion, uh, frantic uh, fear, and everything that uh, that the news uh, cycles are spinning out on generative AI, Chat GPT, and its successors. You know, are we all doomed? Is there is there enterprise utility for this? Um, so uh, Peter has a a, a a deep understanding one of the technology and how it works, but I think uh, as I understand your role at Pega, also a deep understanding of its utility. So Peter, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. So um, I have way more questions than our session will allow for. So, uh, but why don't we start here? Why don't we, if if you would, uh, talk to us a little bit about your role at Pega and and how you are involved in generative AI and, and what you're doing with that notion. No, absolutely. So uh, I'm, like you said, I'm the director of uh, the AI lab. So... I'm pretty much the AI guy, and Pega as a company, uh, we we help our customers operate in the kind of um, um, in in the world nowadays where we see a lot of change, and we we help our clients to kind of react to that uh, change by uh, uh, doing more a better job at customer centric one to one marketing uh, by translating, uh, moving from say product experiences to end to end customer journeys, but also by doing more with less, you know, like uh, becoming more efficient, more effective. And um, how we do it, I, I quite often talk about uh, the brain and the muscle. So on one side, we're pretty good, pretty good, if I may say myself, in terms of automating processes and, and journeys and things like that. But on the other side, uh, we're also focused on uh, yeah, what we call um, AI power decisioning, or essentially how, how can we bring intelligence into, into a process or into an interaction uh, to, uh, to achieve better goals. So, so that's, that's as the director of the AI lab, that's what I'm focusing on, right? So how can we use that intelligence to, um, to, to not just automate, but, you know, make interactions smarter and, um, uh, more, not just more efficient, but also more effective. So before we get into the question that everybody wants to know is, is civilization civilization doomed because of this? Um, we're hoping for a positive answer on that. But, um, you know, from, from where I sit, covering technology from the sidelines, AI has been in development and becoming more sophisticated over the past, I um, mean, since I became aware of its practical enterprise utility maybe five or six years ago. And then uh, what seems like literally yesterday, ChatGPT comes out and the whole world is up in arms about its possibilities, potentials, and, you know, 
uh, plus and minus. But I'm interested in in the process as it kind of unfolded at Pega, where you were employing AI-based concepts and technologies to to what you seem to be doing now. I'm sure was something of a process. Can you can you talk about that? What that's looked like, say, over the past several years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I, I kind of. Uh, empathize with what you're saying yeah, that uh, on one side AI, is, AI has been around for ages but on the flip side it has gotten a lot more kind of attention nowadays uh, uh, there's also this wonderful um, uh, there's this quote uh, um, which goes a bit like um, um, and that, that we uh, uh uh, underestimate uh you know we over sometimes we overestimate the impact of a new technology the short-term impact but we underestimate the long-term impact and of course ai has been through a number of uh, summers and winters uh, but uh um it takes a while uh for uh you know for technology to really catch on in terms of not ju just being out there but actually having an application right so um and uh, to your question, you know, like we, we saw a lot of attention for things like uh, what uh, back then in the 90s, it was maybe called uh, data mining and things like that. Uh, um, uh, people were doing knowledge discovery in databases, trying to find interesting patterns. Uh, but at some point, the realization hit like, okay, but what are we going to do with all those insights? Yeah, so I think then artificial intelligence made a little bit of a transition more into... Uh, what I would like to call maybe actionable intelligence. And so how to uh, how to make that intelligence actually uh, uh, actionable, uh, how to translate it into uh, decisions, um, real-time decisions that you would make and when you're dealing with a customer around what's the best offer to show or what's the resolution to a customer problem and things like that. So um, that was maybe the evolution one. Um, uh, where where we really double down on going from AI as an in artificial intelligence to uh, actionable intelligence. Uh, what we need, what we're seeing now, of course, uh, is uh, uh, that we're kind of moving from this brain that can optimize and that can decide to uh, also using the creative powers uh, of AI. Uh, so how can we combine? Uh, uh, how can we, yeah, actually leverage? Uh, AI's ability to, uh, well, to become creative and yeah, to, uh, uh, and becoming creative. Of course, it could mean a lot of things right now. It kind of, uh, materializes as a chat GPT, you know, that you can ask all kinds of questions. But obviously, uh, what a lot of companies are doing or where the real benefits are is when you look at particular use cases that you would develop on top of that, uh, creative technology. I'm, I'm really interested in hearing how. Pega will be using the generative AI capabilities uh, that are that are being developed right now, but but I'm really intrigued by something you said because it resonated with me. Um, you know that we tend to uh, maybe overestimate the short term impact of technologies like this and underestimate the long term. Now I've heard this put a couple of different ways recently. Um, one was that we're in terms of marketing we're kind of at the dancing cigarette box of what AI can do, uh, you know, and uh, the reference goes back to the early days of TV when 
the smartest thing you could do was to put a cigarette box on there and have somebody dance around inside of it. And that would get people's attention. And, and, you know, as we all know, TV exploded into this huge visual medium, which does, you know, a billion other things has impacted us innumerable ways. Um, and someone else put it similarly and said that this is basically the refrigerator moment when, you know, yes, there are people out there who can, who can build a good refrigerator, but it was people like Coca-Cola in that day who said, look what we can now do that we could never do before and created an entire industry out of, out of some new technology hadn't existed before. So, um, the, there's a question buried in there and that is, um, you know, the, the, the short-term over-indexing of our, uh, excitement and fears is it's being well played out in media, but the longer term, I'm really interested in what your thoughts are on how that might look two, three, five, ten years. Like, what are those things that you think are going to change because of this technology? Yeah, so I, I think that's an awesome question. And I think um, um, it's good to maybe uh, take a step back when you think about that. We have a variety of use cases in, in customer service and in intelligent automation, but let's take marketing here. I think what people also tend to forget if a new technology arrives that, you know, what, what is our goal? Uh, what is our goal in this particular context? And eh? so what are we trying to do uh, in, in, in marketing? And eh? so, um, and uh, I think it's quite healthy to, 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 to think, uh, to think in terms of marketing concepts, for example, um, let's say we did some research and we found out that uh, the majority of customers uh they are convinced that companies are not doing what's um is is not are not doing what uh what is in the best interest of the customer but it's primarily doing what's right for the company yeah and so and of course uh that leads to um irritation on behalf of the customer right because uh if i uh, open up my mobile banking app i want my bank to understand that it's peter and not someone else but also my real-time context that i just did my credit card just get blocked? That's a different Peter than an hour ago. Yeah. Or ultimately I have all kinds of moral expectations even where I say, well, I, I expect the bank to do what's right for me, not just what's what's right for the bank. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, and of course, uh, we, uh, a lot of organizations still have issues to kind of deliver on that uh, because they are kind of lacking that central brain huh, where you would say, um, but you would really uh, not start with the the marketing offer or the marketing campaign, where but where you actually start with the customer and look across all of the the actions that you have and think about what is the right thing to to actually do here to deliver on on all of those expectations, not just personalization towards the customer, but also the real time circumstance and um, the moral expectations that we have. So I think ultimately that that should be the goal of AI yeah, to provide that. Uh, that relevant contextual uh, uh, experience. Uh, and I think what, uh, and then it becomes maybe also a li little bit clear uh, because on one side you can imagine that, okay, uh, we've been talking about AI a lot, but uh, ultimately uh, where it can help here is to provide, let's say the optimization of AI, the, let's say the left brain of AI, uh, trying to figure out uh, which messages customers are more likely uh, to respond to, uh, which are more likely to be relevant for customers, and and having the classical AI with your business rules, trying to figure out 
uh, really what's the right thing to do. Uh, um, and then on the flip side, uh, where it can go is that if we can plug in, uh, if we use the right brain AI, uh, let me call it like that for a brief moment, and the creative intelligence of AI to, uh, to keep feeding his brain with all kinds of interesting uh, treatments, uh, actions, um, experiences um, uh, that could possibly be relevant in a particular context. So the left brain is matching uh, the customer in the context to the right message, but the right brain uh, will continuously come up with all kinds of interesting uh, let's say interesting things to talk about, or also interesting ways to talk about the same thing. Yeah, and that's I think where the creative AI can uh, can actually help a lot. But it's all a means to an end. Yeah. So if a new technology arrives, where I wanted to go is then uh, short term. People are thinking in terms of the of of the of the technology as a goal. Uh, but ultimately, uh, technology should be a means to an end, and the end should here be here. Like, how can we provide a more customer centric uh, um, uh, experiences to our our, our customers, yeah. Okay. So, and if if you ask me to look in the glass ball, where where could we be a couple of years from now? Yeah, it will all be uh, marching towards that that particular uh, goal. Yeah. This isn't so much a sponsor message as it is an encouragement. Each year for the past 20 years or so, the world's best marketers have been gathering in Chicago for two and a half days of high-level learning and networking. It's called CRMC. On my calendar, I've placed a hard hold on June 7th through the 9th so that I can be there and be a part of what's about to happen in retail, in loyalty, and in technology. You should be there too. You can learn more and you can register in the link below this podcast, or you can go directly to the event website at thecrmc.com. That's thecrmc.com. I go to my fair share of events throughout the year. CRMC is my one can't miss event of the year. I hope to see you there. I, I like the way you frame that up. Uh, there's a there are left brain functionality and right brain functionality, but um, ultimate best case utility is when both of those are supporting one another for a, a particular outcome. Yeah. Um, and I also I was looking at some of the notes here before we started this conversation, and, and I think the uh, and I don't know whether this was uh, Pega's talking point, if you will. Uh, but but it's the way it's stated, leverage AI as a starting point. And generative AI gives low-code developers an infinite library of processing case templates. AI can provide a starting point, but we must maintain the position to refine it, improvise it, and ultimately govern it. It, it seems like that, that kind of a statement, just if you'll just put that out there with no other context, does a lot to alleviate a lot of the anxiety that is in the media right now over the topic. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, everyone is uh, thinking about uh, hell. You know, I I can't do I, I can't do this for you, right? So the the 1960s movie yeah, where there's an AI autonomously kind of talking to uh, to a customer. Uh, th that's the way how we use uh, ChatGPT uh, to do uh, or uh, to do our uh, homework or, or whatever. Uh, but I think um, in a lot of use cases. Um, um, will be use cases where there's a human in the loop here where there would be a marketer in the loop huh, where the marketer uh, the marketer uses it as a creative tool uh, to come up with all kinds of uh, 
uh, treatments. For for example, one of the use cases um, uh, we're working on is, uh, let's say you have a particular, you know, next best action that you want to introduce around, I don't know, it could be something very sales and marketing oriented, like uh, ordering a cost- customer a new platinum card, but it could even be something which has nothing to do with selling selling something to a customer, eh? more about how can the customer actually get more value out of the bank in this example, rather than the other way around, like uh, warning them uh, about expiring credit card points, yeah, so, or nudging them that they can get uh, uh, money back from the government because they just put solar panels on their roof. Uh, still, you know, the way you kind of entice customers to respond positively to such a message depends very much on how you how you translate uh, what kind of treatments you would use in that context. So uh, an example that, that that we use is to say, well, can you maybe use different persuasion styles? And so if you take that, that same... Um, Let's say that same next section uh, treatment um, uh, with the credit cards expiring or whatever. And then you could say, oh, you know, like um, you can make it more around social proof. You can make it more around reciprocity about uh, liking and or uh, uh, so social proof would be, uh, you know, like, uh, did you know that uh, last year, uh, 89% of our customers, uh, whatever, uh, spend all of their points on their credit card and your cards are about to expire. So please use them eh? because that's right. that's what they're for. That's social <clears throat> proof versus um, reciprocity yeah, or liking could be, uh, well, you know, we really value our customers and, and, and we do know that um, sometimes uh, there's a time of giving back yeah, and our, our loyalty points are a way to give back to you uh, as a valued customer. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, even though even though it w- might be good for us because it doesn't cut, co- you know, we- we're saving money if you're not spending them. We really want you to spend p- spend your points. Yeah. So, so uh, basically, we can tell the AI to say, "Wow, we have actually this particular, uh, yeah, this particular, let's say, marketing proposition. What are the different ways to communicate that to the customer and generate those variants?" On the flip side, uh, that drives even more of a need if you have a such an explosion of new treatments. Huh? New ways to talk about uh, to talk about particular, let's say, marketing uh, proposition. Uh, there will be an explosion, even bigger explosion of messages, right? So you, you do need a left brain then even more uh, to figure out in that that you know in those fifty milliseconds when I open up my mobile banking app what it is that that we should be doing here. I'm, okay? I'm so, intrigued by uh, the, the some of the subtleties that have that have I've kind of. Uh, become aware of even in recent weeks i know you know when you're talking about uh the the tone of messages and the kinds of messaging and um, even the cultural nuances that have to be taken into consideration at scale that becomes a huge and daunting task but uh generative ai certain applications are you know they've got they've got a large language model that is so sophisticated now that that um it can it can take cues from past communications and can communicate back to me in a language that it feels I will best receive, which is a pretty unique talent. And I know a lot of copywriters out there are a little bit scared for their jobs because of that, because um, that that takes a, a lot of nuance. It takes a lot of perception to try and figure that out. But but here it is happening. I mean. Uh, I guess when I was first introduced to, to ChatGPT, just to try out some things, we did some 
article composition on it and uh to be really transparent the articles it, it generated the 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 content it was all true um uh, and correct but it was as dry as a sweater there exactly was, i can get quite bland right so incredibly think, bland exactly and so uh, the, the the trick here is you know the trick the, the the well yeah the key thing here is that is actually prompt engineering as well right so plus evaluating the output yeah so and i think that's maybe when you talk about how do roles shift uh, how does the role of a content oriented marketer actually shift it might be actually in trying to figure out uh you know how do i steer the ai to come up with uh, uh to come up with good content but also we'll uh like i said uh, i don't see i don't foresee that marketing use case uh, in a way where there's some um you know completely unconstrained ai that in the moment then actually also generates the particular text that's going to be used for that offer probably with beforehand uh, there will be a marketer who looks at um who's using creative ai to create like lots of offer and treatment variants right so but uh, it will the marketer will do it in such a way where um they're applying their brains in terms of hey what kind of um uh what kind of treatment variants do i need here I'm, am i going to use those cialdini principles for persuasion yeah because is persuasion here the issue here or should i have more like um um different types of treatments one which is more value oriented one is more let's say price oriented yeah and one maybe uh ad addressing more like younger audience this again could be driven by the left brain and the left brain could give you hints as a marketer uh where your coverage is a little bit thin eh, to uh to maybe put it metaphorically right but then <laughs> so you're, you're still applying then your your marketing brain to figure out yeah okay but which way should i go right and you're evaluating the um let's say the different uh pieces of copy that are being produced um uh to 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 see like oh i can use this one but this one you know it's it's really unusable let's regenerate or let's let's just uh, simply uh, ditch it.